Good morning, brothers and sisters. Uh, You can turn to Psalm chapter 90, Psalm 90. And we'll be reading verses 11 and 12. Who knows the power of your anger? For as the fear of you, so is your wrath. So teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Well, here we are. It's a new year. 2023 has begun. We're looking back on the old year. We're looking forward to the new year. For many, that involves planning, resolutions. You know, and if you've been making New Year's resolutions this last week or thinking about that, you're not alone. Uh, 36% of U.S. adults will make New Year's resolutions this year. Uh, 59% of young adults, which are ages 18 to 34, are going to make New Year's resolutions. So I guess you older adults kind of got wise, realized that doesn't work, and stopped doing it. But all of us young adults, we still do that, I guess. Um, 48% of New Year's resolutions uh, are about exercise. So that's kind of like the big, like the top three statistically are all about health. The next two are about money, and the two after that are about hobbies and media. Okay, so that's what, you know, the world does. And, you know, perhaps some of us will do a New Year's resolution. Maybe later today you'll go back and write some down. Uh, Maybe you've already done that. But I think as Christians it's important for us to ask, what does the Bible say about how we think about our lives? How do we plan? How do we as Christians number our days How do we think about the future and set our goals? Well, we're all looking for the good life, and I'd like to look at several biblical texts to see what God would teach us about a life well lived, so we can think about these things biblically. And the first one is just two psalms over in Psalm 92. I'm going to read verses 12 through 14. The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree, He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing. What a beautiful picture this is. A flourishing tree. A fruitful, beautiful, living, thriving plant. It's like a Christian who is planted in the house and the courts of God. Where is the house of God? What does that mean when it says to be planted in the house of God? Well, we know from our study of the Old Testament that the house of God is his church. It's his people. It's his presence. That's where God was, and that's where his people were. So, do you want to find fruitfulness this year? Find it where God and his people are. I'm uh, still looking for the self-help book the goal-setting book that recommends centering one's life in the middle of God and his people as the answer to a good life. I just, I haven't found that. If any of you do have that kind of a self-help book, please share it with me afterwards. I haven't seen that in Barnes & Noble recently. But I think it goes deeper than just going to church twice on Sunday and once on Wednesday. Maybe it does involve that, but I think it involves living each thought, each action, Each project and each errand, each playtime and each mealtime, saturated with the goodness and the presence of God. This 
is fruitfulness. But it's not just the fruitfulness of a delicate rose garden or a tulip garden. Look back at the verse. God compares the righteous person to a palm tree. And I ask myself, why? Why a palm tree? Well, palm tree is actually one of the strongest of all the trees. It can withstand winds of up to 145 miles an hour. Hurricanes that might totally level entire buildings and uproot trees much larger and more mature will leave a palm tree completely unscathed. Why? Uh, Palm trees don't have secondary xylem tissues as most trees do. They actually have a stronger primary xylem layer. It's what gives the stem of many palm trees the capacity to bend over and not snap like the branch of a normal tree might. In fact, the Sabal palmetto palm is able to bend 50 degrees without snapping. That's over halfway bent to the ground. Unlike the trees that have one main tap root, the palm has a fibrous root system, meaning the roots are thin. They extend outward like a carpet that reaches no more than three feet deep. And the vast quantity of these roots gives the palm a wider support base. If some of the roots are damaged or pulled, there's many more to keep holding it down. So the palm, it's a picture of a man rooted in God. The hurricane can't blow him over. You can't snap him off at the roots. The winds may blow, the rains may fall, but at the end of it all, he's still standing, he's still rooted. So maybe, perhaps 2023, will be a year of trials, difficulty, and storms for some of us. But if you dwell with God, the storms cannot touch you, just like the palm. Here's another one. The good life is filled with integrity and humilities. And I'm going to pull from Psalm 15, verses 1 and part of verse 4 here. And the psalmist asks the question, Lord, who may abide in your tabernacle? Who may dwell in your holy hill? And verse 4 answers this. It says, he who swears to his own hurt and does not change. So if you want the good life this year, it's a life of integrity. 23% of the people who make New Year's resolutions will quit in the first week. After a month is over, 64% of them have quit. You know, and I think what the scripture is getting at here is we're a fickle people. We say one thing and we do another. We tend to do that. That's who we are. But think about it. That's not who Christ is. Christ resolved to come to earth in a humble state, to live a life of serving mankind, to die a sacrificial death, and taking all of our sins on himself. He did his entire resolution. It wasn't easy. He cried out to his father. He drank the cup down to the dregs that he resolved to drink. So in 2023, let our yes be yes this year and our no, no. And as Ecclesiastes 5.5 reminds us, better not to vow than to vow and to not fulfill it. Um, I was thinking of James chapter 4, and there's this admonition here. It says, come now, you who say, today or tomorrow we'll go to such and such a place, spend a year there, buy and sell, and make a profit, whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we shall live and do this or that. But now you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. I think we see here that the Lord commends humility and dependence upon him in our planning. Now, with that said, the text does not say not to try to do things. Just because we are not to vow not fulfill it doesn't mean we're not to make plans. We should say if the Lord wills, we shall live and do this or do that. 
And so very practically, this and that actually should be on your list for next year, if we look at the text, right? It doesn't say don't do this or don't do that, but rather, beside each item, each plan, and each resolution or intention, there should be the heart of if God wills. If my Father desires it, then I desire to do it too. So let's let humility accompany our planning for the year. Number three, this is for children. If you've had a hard time understanding the things I've said so far, um, then this one is for you. And then this one will be really simple for the kids. A good life is filled with honoring your parents. And we learn this from the fifth commandment. Many of you know the fifth commandment. Honor your father and mother as the Lord your God has commanded you, that your days may be long and that it may be well with you in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. So here's some practical advice for those of you under the age of 15 who don't have complicated plans for next year. I remember when I was younger, my plans were considerably less complicated. So if that's you, you can ask your parents two questions, maybe this afternoon, perhaps on the drive home from church or this evening. Think about asking these two questions. What's one thing that I should start doing or do differently next year? You can ask your parents that question. And then number two, what's one way that I can honor you more? The best way to learn to do the will of your heavenly father is to start by learning to do the will of your earthly father and mother. So honor father and mother. That's a good place to start for planning for next year. And fourthly, the good life starts with the fear of God and a right perspective of his anger. And we'll actually go back and reread our key text in Psalm 90. Who knows the power of your anger? For as the fear of you, so is your wrath. So teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. The verse speaks of knowing God, knowing his fear and his wrath. And I didn't, I didn't quite realize the connection between wrath and planning or numbering our days. But if you think about it, your frustrations from 2022 often become your goals for 2023, right? You're upset at the weight you gained, the laziness that developed in your schedule, the inability to save money perhaps, maybe the bad habit of eating too many cookies at 10 p.m. at night after all the kids go to bed, whatever that frustration was, that then forges your resolution for the next year. I want to lose 10 pounds. I want to start getting up at 6 a.m. every morning. I want to save 10% of what I make, etc., etc., right? So oftentimes our frustrations from last year become our resolutions and our plans for next year. And if that's true for our frustrations, what about God? What about God's frustrations? Do we number our days and set our goals and make our plans with a careful and a sharpened sense for what brought frustration, which is just really another word for anger, to God? Or is it all just about what frustrated us? Hopefully there's some overlap here, right? Hopefully the set of things which saddens the heart of God is also the set of things which saddens our own heart. But I think that it's worth stopping for a moment and putting on God's glasses and looking from his perspective when we do our planning. And just one final point on these verses. It speaks of God's power, speaks of the power of his anger. And as good Reformed folk, we know that God's power and his providence extends to every area of life, right? We know that man plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. That no matter what we do, God's power is ultimately what is going to cause next year to be as it will be. But the same God also said six chapters later in Proverbs, 
Do you see a man who excels in his work? He will stand before kings. He will not stand before unknown men. So we see that the same God who dictates how all things happen also chooses to bring certain rewards to those who exhibit certain behavior, right? So, and I'm not going to stand here and say I know exactly all the connections on how God and his providence chooses to bring blessings based on men's actions and exactly how all that works. But we do know that the same God of sovereign providence that chooses all things that come to pass also establishes these cause and effect correlations we see in life. And we tend to think of these cause and effect correlations as being very natural, but they're more powerful than that. They're actually promises. They're divine promises. God will bless the diligent. That's his promise. Those who hunger and thirst for righteousness shall be filled. That's his promise. And so for us, as we set upon a new year, let's believe the promises of God. As we number our days this year, may we humbly seek the Lord and his presence. May we honor our parents. May we fear him and believe his promises. And I believe that 2023 will find us like a palm tree thriving in the middle of the hurricane. So let's pray. Father, we do desire your perspective concerning these things. We humble ourselves, Lord, and we admit that our days are very few, they're very short, and sometimes we see wisdom only a bit dim and blurry. But Lord, I pray that you would peel back those layers and show us the heart of our Father for our lives. I pray that you would show us our sins. We would be rid of these. We would cast them off, the weight that so easily encumbers us, so that we might run with endurance the race that is set before us. Father, we would seek you with all our heart. We would seek your kingdom first so that all all these things may be added unto us. God, give us a heart of humility, a heart that fears the Lord. And Father, as we come upon this new year, this new year that you have given us, may we give it all right back to you. Father, we take a moment now to confess our sins before you.